0: Well, dang! I thought earlier today, man, it feels like it's been a while since Parker and I have done a show together. And then I started thinking about it, and I said, "Wait, Parker and I—the last time we did a show together, life was a uh, a whole lot, a whole lot less crazier uh, because it was Tuesday of last week. It, it's exactly one week. It was pre-national signing day. Peyton Bowen was committed to Notre Dame. The last time we did—wow, that's, that that's how long ago, ago it was." Ago. What a different world we were living in uh, one week ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit on Wednesday on National Signing Day, but um, really not all that much since the craziness of the of the Peyton Bowen saga, which was unbelievable on Thursday. That happened while I was on the air, and uh, to get to deliver that news in real time, uh, you could tell the excitement on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, man. It was awesome. So, welcome back. I know you've been out for a few days, but uh, – Get re- getting ready
1: to get back at it, which I guess you're flying out to Orlando after the show today, right? Yes, I am. Uh, I do. I would love to know, though, because you just touched on it, what was the live reaction like when the Peyton Bowen announcement came across the wire? Like, from the text line or from me? Both. Well, for me,
0: it was... You guys ready for it? Because we had been talking about it, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, I don't want you to get your hopes up. We just said yesterday, don't get your hopes up, but... I don't know, maybe get your hopes up about this because it really feels like it's happening. Brent Venables is tweeting out this. Uh, You have some OU assistant coaches tweeting out this. Like, they are making a huge deal about this. It really feels like it could drop at any moment. And then it dropped right in the middle of the segment. It's like, ready for it? You guys ready for it? Peyton Bowen just officially signed with OU, and the text line just just goes nuts (laughs) with people celebrating, which was so welcomed because the day before, I'm sure you can imagine – it was um, easily as hostile as the, uh, the 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 David Hicks day situation that happened. Yeah, I can it, imagine that was, was bad. that was was a cataclysmic
1: bad. day to be following and observing the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Because not only did you have Peyton Bowen committing to Oregon that day, but you had Tesselia Kana signing with Texas. It was a bad day. So, Wednesday was a bad yeah, day. Wednesday, was, I can was imagine, was rough. It
0: was, it was rough. But as rough as Wednesday was, Thursday was awesome, man. And... You know, um, I I mentioned this yesterday while you were out, but I'll say it again. You know, show of hands here, everyone. Who was tired at one point or another about hearing about Peyton Bowen and David Hicks this entire cycle? I'm raising my hand right now. I was tired of talking about... I'm raising every
1: appendage in my body.
0: Both of us were. We were tired about having to talk about Peyton uh, Peyton Bowen and David Hicks virtually every single day. But what I warned everyone, Parker, is that if you felt that way about Bowen and Hicks, I feel like David Stone is going to be that guy in the 24 class that we're talking about all the time, potentially.
1: I, I don't get that sense. I don't think that will be David Stone. Now, inevitably, there will be one or two of those highly dramatic recruitments. I really don't think David Stone's going to be one of those. I, I and here's why I think it might be is he's a five-star defensive
0: lineman, right? But yeah. it will be the OU, or not the OU. The Oklahoma tie that's there, um, seemingly OU's going to be in that recruitment. They're in their top ten. So I I just feel like that's one of the ones that's going to be talked about quite a bit. But you're right. I mean, we got a long way to go until then, and we'll see what happens in the 24 class. But he's kind of my early leader to be the guy where it's like, golly, I'm tired of talking about this dude
1: and tired of talking about this recruitment. Unless he commits somewhere early. I think he's going to commit somewhere early. That's my read on it. Who do you think the first commit in the twenty twenty four class is? You think somebody uh, beats Michael Hawkins? Well, I I had I mean Michael Hawkins is gonna announce January thirty
0: first, so that was that would be my guess, honestly. Not Eli Bowen? Uh well after what just happened, I think Eli Bowen, yeah, is probably I think Eli Bowen and Michael Hawkins are probably your two early favorites in the clubhouse right now, is what I would guess.
1: Watch it be somebody just completely out of left field.
0: David Stone, maybe, huh? How about that? William
1: Swinieri commits to Oklahoma. Gosh, wouldn't that be a nice note to start off the class on? It's interesting. OU doesn't have any 2024 commits yet. No. And But some 2024 crystal balls are in. Oh, yeah, plenty. Plenty. At this time last year, they had, well, I guess only one remaining commit. It was Josh Bates. Uh, Jackson Arnold and Eric, Eric McCarty ended up dropping late January and early February, respectively. But the fact that Oklahoma still has none on the board in the 2024 class would lead you to believe, and I, I still do believe this, because I think this class is going to get started in a big way much earlier than the 2023 class is So even though Oklahoma has no commits right now in that cycle, I can very easily see them having seven or eight by the end of February.
0: Yeah, uh, let's see stone to Michigan State no no, it. Stone, no Michigan State crystal balls why says the text line no look I, two crystal balls did roll in for David stone to Michigan State over
1: the weekend or at least after he dropped that top 10 um, I I say this with all respect for my Michigan State colleagues on the 24/7 network I uh, They are not too scrupulous with throwing out crystal balls. And so, especially when you take a look at those crystal balls and realize that they're both at a confidence of four, that's more guesswork than intel. I, so was, I, I am still confident that David Stone is going to be a Sooner. I remain confident in that.
0: Um, he, he dropped his top ten, like we said, just a few days ago. And the top ten was OU, Oregon, A&M, Alabama, USC, Miami, Florida, LSU, Tennessee, and Michigan State. And my first thought was, okay, well, there's your top ten. So you're going to be recruiting against you know, the heavy hitters in the sports and the teams that are the most involved in NIL in the sport as well. So that's, but OU's got an in. I mean, he's an Oklahoma kid, and no one else will have that in, the, in this recruitment. I'm sure that that's going to potentially go a long way in this thing. Let, so
1: Let me ask everybody this. Let me just pose this question to the populace at large. Do you really think after what happened with DJ Hicks that the folks with the money – in the OU circles, are going to screw around with David Stone? Surely if not. If it comes down not. to money, if it comes down to dollars and cents, David Stone's not going to say a no to OU because of the absence of dollars and, and cents.
0: And he said that, didn't he say the night, uh, the night of the whole David Hicks thing, didn't he send out a tweet saying that NIO wasn't going to be a major involvement in his recruiting? Which, yes. You know, that's that's easy to say at the time, but... You know, let Miami offer $3 million to, uh, for the number one defensive line in this class. You, you know what I mean? So, but, yeah, but we'll see if this one plays out this way. Y- yeah, you're, you're probably going to have to uh, be active in NIL with this recruitment to get the number one defensive
1: line in the 24 class. Yeah, and to me, it's, it's not a carbon copy by any means, and this is, not an, this is not a direct comparison. But it feels like there are some parallels here to the Peyton Bowen situation. Where there are going to be schools that are taking big swings at the kid with NIL presentations, but in his heart of hearts, he wants to be a Sooner, and despite the various opinions of some within his camp, I think his heart is going to win out in the end. Uh,
0: Air Coverage Solutions text line, by the way, 405-651-3439. It's already going. If Little Bowen tried to commit to Notre Dame, would they tell him to jump in the lake? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Oh,
1: man. Uh, How do you
0: think that would go over? Um, I don't think that it would go over. Um, He's a four-star. He's a really good player. And I feel like Marcus Freeman would say... After what – especially if it, like, happened early, you know, if yeah. it happened in, like, New January, Year's Day. <laughs> Marcus Freeman would be like, man, I appreciate it, but I'm not going to do this to myself again. No, no, no thanks, man. We, we might move on from this. Uh, Brian in Tulsa says, can't lose out on another David. Yeah, another five-star defensive lineman that's David. That's that's a pretty good point there, Brian.
1: Yeah. Well, and we've talked about it. OU has the opportunity to build an incredible foundation in this 2024 cycle. On the defensive line. Because I would consider OU the leader for David Stone. I would consider them the leader for Nigel Smith. I would consider them the leader for Williams Nguyenary. Does that mean they get all three? No. Especially when you're talking about three top 50 overall players in the country. There can be twists and turns aplenty in recruitments like those. Especially as it pertains to defensive linemen. But if OU can just sustain the momentum, man. They end up locking down three of the nation's top seven defensive linemen? That'll do. That'll, That'll do. That'll play. That'll play.
0: Uh, Zadavian Sims, is he Michigan State? Is he even a possibility? That's one guy that I tend to favor Michigan State for right now, yes. Mel Tucker can recruit defensive linemen, man.
1: I mean, he, he can. He can. He can really recruit. I mean, he's he a former now, D-line coach, but he, he can really recruit now, that here's, position. Here's what's going to be interesting for me to see. Yeah, I think Michigan State leads for Zadavian Sims right now. Let's say he commits to Michigan State. Is he going to be as eager when it comes time to put pen to paper to move 1,500 miles away from home or however long it is? Maybe not. Hey, That's kind of what I'm skeptical of.
0: Anything – and here's the thing. We'll talk about it for months and months and months – but anything can happen at the 11th hour did we not just witness that did we literally not just mention that exact same thing last week now there was some uh added drama to that one but we literally saw a kid be committed to uh Notre Dame for over 11 months
1: and pick two schools uh, after that in like a 24 hour time frame well and not only that but you consider the Cecilia Kona situation right oh you led in that recruitment for months Then all of a sudden, 48 hours till the finish line, the OU staff is tied up going after Peyton Bowen and trying to close that one out. Texas makes a hard late push, and they convince the kid, hey, come play with your best friend, Leona Lafau. Come play and attend class at the same university where your sister's a member of the national championship volleyball team. So, yeah, stuff can swing late. And when it comes time to make that decision for real and put it in ink, That may bring out emotions and feelings and perspectives, especially in the mind of a 17-, 18-year-old that hadn't been there previously. From the 405, I'm just preparing myself for David Stone to
0: not go to OU, LOL, as we all should. Oh, come on! Enough with that mentality. You finally won a tough, hard-fought battle for a five-star defensive player in Peyton Bowen. It's time to turn the attitude around a little bit. But, yeah, I... I, I understand you've been uh, burned before in the past, but finally with Peyton Bowen, it that that finally got changed around for the first time in
1: seemingly a while. Somebody asked, "Whatever came of the little brother of the lineman that punked OU and Caleb Williams?" That'd be Tristan Lee's little brother, Aiden. I have no idea. I have no idea either. Kid.
0: I have not seen anything on him, uh, and I don't know. I, I don't know how long it's been. That's very interesting. 405-651-3439. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. we got a whole lot to cover today when it comes to recruiting. Yes, the signing day number one for the 2023 class is over, but where does OU go from here? What's going on in the transfer portal? A whole lot to get to. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the homeless sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref, we are the Homosuita fans inside the Brown uh, Brown O'Haver Studios. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And the Ref Army is listening once again all over the world today. Download our free app in the App Store. Just search KREF. They're listening in Sydney, Australia, Paris, France, Liberty Lake, Washington, Fort Knox, Kentucky. Cypress, Texas, built in Missouri, small Oklahoma town of the day. Did you know a Pittsburgh, Oklahoma existed?
1: Uh, Pittsburgh without an H? Uh,
0: Correct, yes. Yeah, okay,
1: I knew it existed. Vaguely. Surely their colors it? are uh, black and gold, right? Uh,
0: it is south of McAllister, southwest of uh, okay. McAllister, I think, is the best way to describe where it's at on the map. Gotcha. Pittsburgh, Oklahoma, though, of all places. We have not used Pittsburgh no, without an not. H. Pittsburgh without an H as the small town of the day. So glad that they're uh, tuning in today. I saw an interesting graphic from the Fox College football page on Christmas Day. Five-star recruits by state. Since the year 2000, if you and this is from 24 seven composite, by the way, if you had to guess how many uh, five stars the state of Oklahoma has produced since 2000, how many would you say three, four, six? Six Six, five-stars, according to uh, 24-7 Sports Composite. Uh, Texas has had 103 (laughs) five-stars during that time. California's had 95. Florida has had 125 the most. Georgia's had 70. Louisiana's had 31. Kansas has had just two. Nebraska just one. Arkansas has six, which I I was looking at uh, other states that's had the same amount of five stars in the past 22 years as Oklahoma's had, and Arkansas is the only state that's produced the exact amount, six. So if I were to ask you, and I'm going to extend this question to the Air Comfort Solutions text line as well, like what states in the union would you say is most comparable year in and year out with high school talent in football to Oklahoma? Is it Arkansas who's produced the exact same number of five stars since 2000? Not every year's huh. the same, I understand that, but for the most part, year in and year out. Is Arkansas the best comp? Yeah, and
1: uh, I, honestly, that On the way, maybe it kind of feels like a cop-out because those states are right next door, but yeah, those are those are pretty comparable. Maybe Iowa? Iowa yeah. had two five-stars during that time. Yeah, and they're both pretty recent in Xavier Wampa and uh, Caden Proctor, but the state of Iowa's getting pretty good at high school football, all told. Uh, in recent years. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. I think think all those Midwestern states are kind of cut from the same cloth in that regard, where year in and year out, you'll have a dozen to a dozen and a half guys that go play FBS football, go play Power 5 football. But when you're talking about the best of the best, especially in the day and age where you got programs like St. John Bosco and IMG, that will pull players from out of state. Yeah. Uh it is the case and will continue to be the case that California, Texas, and the Southeast, Florida, Georgia. Georgia's got com- Georgia's like produced
0: gonna- into a power state,
1: man. It really yeah. has. And don't sleep on Louisiana.
0: Louisiana per capita is one of the best states for recruiting. Yeah, and by
1: the way, I <laughs> I will give props to Mule Shoe for getting Tackett Curtis because and he said it in his signing day press conference. He said, "There's not another inside linebacker in the country that he would take over Tackett Curtis." I think I might agree. Yeah, Brian Odom
0: got a really nice, nice get out of the state of yeah, Louisiana there.
1: And if if there had been a way for Oklahoma to keep Brian Odom on staff, and maybe there was, I don't think any of us will ever know the specifics of those circumstances. Uh, when Brent Venables got to town and there was so much turnover and so much to figure out in such a short amount of time. But if Brian Odom had stayed on staff at Oklahoma, Zach and Curtis would be a shooter.
0: Peyton says, I think Missouri would be comparable since they have St. Louis and KC similar to OKC and Tulsa. Uh, This one says, out of curiosity, how many five stars did Ohio have? Ohio had just 28, which was uh, a little bit surprising to me because, you know, Ohio for a long time, it's never been considered – California, Texas, or Florida, but it's been considered a top eight, pro- and it may still be a top eight uh, state in terms of talent, but in terms of overall five stars, it's not close to, um, you know, a Georgia, Florida, Texas, California, or any of those other ones. I mean, it's I, it, Alabama had way more, or has had way more five stars. Louisiana's had more five stars. Ohio
1: with just 28 surprised me a little bit. And that right there, I've had conversations with people in recent days. Who have said, you know, in light of the six and six season, I'm not sure if it's the best idea for Oklahoma to be moving to the SEC. I've had to, I've had to explain to people that for a variety of reasons, the move to the SEC makes sense for Oklahoma. But that right there underscores one of the key reasons why you have to be able to go and play ball in SEC territory uh, when it comes to recruiting, and why it behooves you to make the transition to the SEC in the coming age is because. That's where the talent is. It is. Right. And it's It's, so much it's it's right here. It's showing you. Yeah. That's where the talent is. It's so much easier to recruit from that region when you are playing in the SEC. Could Oklahoma stay in the Big Twelve and pull a player or two from that vicinity every year? Sure, there's always going to be a Derek LeBlanc, right? A guy that just has an outstanding relationship with one of the coaches on OU staff, kind of like we were just talking about with Tackett Curtis, right? But there's always going to be a guy like Derek LeBlanc, who just is enamored with Todd Bates and will step out of his comfort zone and come to Oklahoma. But if we're talking to Oklahoma in the SEC versus Oklahoma in the Big 12, well, now the pitch you can make is, hey, come play against Florida and Georgia and Alabama and Auburn and Ole Miss and LSU week in and week out and sharpen your skills against the best of the best. The
0: f- state of Florida is the one state that you want to be in on on a regular basis. And <laughs> yes. OU, I mean, they're going to play a game in Florida on Thursday. But with the 6-6 six and six season not playing in the SEC, OU did as good of a job uh, in the state of Florida as they've done. Uh, when? Uh, when's the last time OU had this nice of a haul in the state of Florida.
1: They've regularly pulled a guy here, a guy there from Florida, and generally those guys have panned out. You think about Nick Benito, Danny Stutzman, R. Mason Thomas, right? Even somebody like Jaden Davis, who's kind of, you know, he's a jag Torrance Marshall was a Miami guy. That, yep. that's, that's been from back in the day,
0: but that wouldn't work out. But, yeah. I, I mean, they got um, multiple Florida guys, high-level Florida guys. I just don't remember another year where they had this type of haul out of that state. Yeah, and, no, you're
1: exactly right. And I think the move to the SEC is only obvious. I think is going to help that. Yeah, you, you can't really count Phil Pachati among that group, but even so, if you just count Phil, Macari Vickers, Derek LeBlanc, both top 100 guys, Lewis Carter, one of the nation's top 15 linebackers. Keon Brown, a guy that shot onto the scene in a big way, was one of the biggest risers in this class uh, over the latter half of the 2022 season. He wasn't even ranked until April. Keon Brown, wasn't. yeah. So when you think about the haul that Oklahoma made in the state of Florida, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And all those guys are going to have the oppor- opportunity to contribute and contribute in a big way at Oklahoma. Pretty early on in the process, and I especially think highly of Macari Vickers. I think that dude is going to be seeing situational snaps next year.
0: Zane says Mississippi, the Carolinas, in terms of states that are comparable uh, talent-wise to the state of Oklahoma, Mississippi's had 17 five-stars since 2000, Oklahoma 6. South Carolina's had 14. North Carolina's had 22. So even those three states that Zane mentioned has had
1: a lot more top-end talent. How about Colorado? Colorado's had just four. Okay. Because I'd, I'd probably put Oklahoma on the same plane as, like, a Colorado. Uh, yeah, year in and year out, okay. Yeah, because the Denver area,
0: like, you, you got a player out of the western Colorado this year, Josh Bates. And last year you got Gavin Sacha. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know how much talent year in and year out is in the western portion of, of the state of Colorado, but in that Denver area, there's a lot of really good, you know, high schools there that where the majority of their players are going to come out of, so that you can you can continue to stay active in the in the Denver area Hollywood Brown yes uh, Ahmad Thomas yes sugar Shane says mule shoe to Denver I love that tattoo Baker got so many of you yesterday with that fake edit that he put out tattoo Baker if you're listening tattoo Baker doesn't very miss nice. a beat,
1: man like anytime something like that happens he's on it with the mule shoe edits um I said it before I'll say it again watch the Arizona job. If that opens up, that's probably the one NFL job this offseason that I could see Mule Shoe taking.
0: Uh, unless the Rams' job were, were to open up. But like, who? if Matt Stafford's gone, if Aaron Donald's gone, um, what does that roster for the Rams look like moving forward? Because I don't know how much draft capital they have. It seems like they've been Not a franchise much. that have been saying, yeah we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll throw away some draft picks here, let's win right now. And that
1: might be a reason why Sean McVay decides to walk away yeah. and just do TV.
0: Camo Sooner says, OU was really close to getting Julio Jones years ago, and maybe if we were in the SEC, we could have pulled it off. I believe OU finished second to Alabama in no. the Julio Jones recruitment. He would have been a freshman in, what, 2008, I 2008, think? 2008, yep. That would have been nice, huh? Yeah, wouldn't it? <laughs> that 2008 offense, which set so many records. You throw Julio Jones even as a – Julio Jones was ready to go as a freshman
1: in 2008. Uh, yeah, well, you even think about, like, 2010, 2011 – you got Ryan Broyles on one side and Julio Jones on the other. Yeah, Joaquin Iglesias, Manny
0: Johnson, Jermaine Gresham—that offensive line that was legit. Yeah, that would have worked out. Uh, that would have worked out just fine. Been saying it for twenty years. The Deep South has a ton more dudes than the rest of the country put together. Now everyone agrees. And here's the thing: like those numbers are since 2000, and the talent I think has shifted even more in this country over the past, what, 8 to 10 years than maybe what it looked like in the early 2000s. Like, California is still viewed as a power state, but I don't know if the state of California is producing, um, like, maybe it was 20, 25 years ago. Like, it's still one of the best states for producing talent, but Georgia's catching up, man. I feel like Georgia may have had uh, maybe even more five stars in California these past few years, so it's, it's definitely... It shifted even more towards the southeast.
1: And somebody on the text line said, OMG, population equals stars. And look, I don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's that cut and dried. But even if it is, well, guess what? It doesn't change the sentiment. It doesn't change the facts, which is that the majority of high school football talent in the United States is concentrated in the south. Yeah, it is. And that's where you got to be. Uh, off topic,
0: but did you see the uh, Britt Venables Mike Norvell photo? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, in, in the roller coaster My together. My favorite part <laughs> of that photo is Nick Anderson in the background. Yeah, yeah. Someone zoomed in on him. He's just looking like what is going on here. I uh, maybe that happens more times than I realize. But the two coaches sitting in the same front uh, car of the roller coaster together, I, I don't. It just looked very funny. It it looked very 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 funny. So we know Brent Venables is a roller coaster guy. Yeah, a front seat of the roller coaster guy, which I think you got to appreciate. He's they not are. sitting in the middle. Um he he's sitting right there at the front. He wants to he wants to be in charge. Cool. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. What's going on with Trace Ford? What's going on with some of these other players in the portal? We'll talk about it coming up next right here on the ref. This is uh, both interesting and unfortunate, really, for the uh, Klubnick family. Though, sounds like they're going to make it to the Orange Bowl. Clemson quarterback Cade Klubnick's parents' flight out of Austin was canceled, like so many others right now. Uh-huh. Um, so Cade Klubnick's parents picked up a rental car at 10 p.m., drove overnight, and they're currently in the middle of a 20-hour drive across the country to Miami uh, for their first uh, son's first collegiate starts. Which uh, the uh, the Clemson's going to play Tennessee in the Orange Bowl coming up this week? Did
1: he not start the ACC Championship?
0: David Ubbin's saying that that is their son's huh. first start. But I was I was with you. I kind of thought like now that you mentioned that that he did start against North Carolina in that game. Huh. I don't know. I'll double check that. But twenty hours. Woo! And that's the thing about if anyone's ever um, drove to Miami for the Orange Bowl before. Yep, and I've I- done it. I have once. And you get to the Panhandle of Florida and you think, oh, yeah, we're almost there to Miami. No. no, It's like <laughs> another full day's drive to get all the way down to, to Miami. It m- Driving to Miami is brutal, man. That is, that is brutal. Uh, hey, on uh, December 19th, Trace Ford tweeted out, thank you to every coach who gave me an opportunity to play at their university. I'm done with recruiting. Yep. And on December 19th, we thought, okay, maybe a decision today or tomorrow or the next day, but it's going to come pretty soon. It's been over a week and still nothing. And it sounds like it's OU and USC. Do you think the longer this goes, the better it is for OU? I do.
1: I do think the longer it drags out, the better it looks for Oklahoma. And I don't know whether he ends up at OU or USC. I think it's a coin flip right now, and I still think that situation is very fluid based on what I've heard. I don't think Trace Ford knows for sure where he's going to end up yet. But I agree that the longer this drags out, the better it looks for Oklahoma. Um by the way, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, I love this question from Brenton Jenks. Whatever happened to David
0: Cornwell? Wow, I did not think we we're going to get a David Cornwell question. Oh, today. Here we I got it.
1: Uh, this is one of my favorite recruiting stories to talk about. So many will recall that in the class of 2014, David Cornwell, who was all of six foot five and 230 pounds, was one of the most highly regarded quarterbacks in the country and attended Norman North High School. from. Uh, he transferred from Jones. Did, yes. Transferred from Jones to Norman North High School. Was a top 50 overall player in that class. And when I tell you Bob Stoops just didn't recruit the kid, like, he just straight up didn't recruit him. And this was in the midst of when Oklahoma was going through their most tumultuous time at the quarterback position in a while. Because this was on the heels of a 2013 season in which... Yeah, Trevor Knight closed it strong with a really impressive sugar bowl, but we all remember the Trevor Knight that preceded the sugar bowl and that succeeded the sugar bowl, right? That the sugar bowl was the Trevor Knight game. Yep. I I've I watched Trevor Knight that season. I watched Trevor Knight miss some throws worse than I have ever seen any other quarterback miss a throw. Yeah, it wasn't great. No, it was not. Um and so There was much made of that whole situation because here Oklahoma is struggling to find an answer at the quarterback position and Bob Stoops won't recruit the kid that's literally a stone's throw away. David Cornwell commits to Alabama, never plays a down there, ends up transferring out to Nevada, opens the 2017 season as the starter for the Wolfpack. Uh, doesn't throw a touchdown pass gets picked off five times and benched quits the team a matter of days later and ends up closing out his collegiate career at east central university in ada oklahoma in 2018 now it does beg the question does it not if oklahoma does recruit david cornwell does baker mayfield still come to the university of oklahoma so in a way if you want to go full revisionist history here, if Bob Stoops had decided to recruit the borderline five-star quarterback out of Norman North, the entire direction of the Oklahoma football program in the years to follow may have been altered. So, uh, fun story about David
0: Cornwell, because you know we, we broadcast all the Norman North games along with Norman High, the Moore schools, the Edmond schools now, along with Deer Creek, I was on the call. David Cornwell. I think did he was he only at North one year. I think he one made, year. Yeah, yeah, one year. The the one year that he was at North, I was on the call for the crosstown clash, Norman High and Norman North, which they play uh, played that game at OU at the time. Yeah. So one of the guys that was also on the broadcast put on like an Alabama message board, like, "Hey, your five star quarterback commit. Uh, we are going to air his first game of his senior season tonight." and so many Alabama fans logged in to watch the game that I'm pretty sure it, like, crashed our server. Like, because so many <laughs> Alabama fans, too many people were trying to watch the game, and it totally crashed it right before kickoff. And Norman North goes on to lose that day to Norman High because Norman High got all sorts of pressure on David Cornwell. But, yes, that was a five-star quarterback that um, did not did not plan out uh, pan out. That one did not go the way that a lot of people thought it was going to go.
1: That's a heck of a recruiting story. It is a heck of a recruiting story. And you think about it, that was in an era where Alabama had some major questions at the quarterback position too, right? Like, Because, yeah, Tua came along at a certain point. Jalen Hurts came along at a certain point. But the guys that preceded that whole um, dynastic run of elite quarterbacks that Alabama had, because, I mean, Mac Jones isn't elite anymore, but that dude was a Heisman finalist on the heels of Tua, who was on the heels of Jalen Hurts. And then, of course, you got Bryce Young these days. But Blake Sims started at Alabama for Jacob Coker, won a, Coker won a national championship in 2015. The starter that opened the 2016 season for Alabama was Blake Barnett. David Cornwell's name was never even mentioned no, amidst all of wasn't.
0: that. Crazy story. I was told from his friends he turned OU down. Thanks for the clarification. Glad we got Baker, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I-, I would say Baker worked out uh, a little bit more than, uh, or a little bit better than David Cornwell for sure. Crazy recruitments, though. I, I mean, Peyton Bowen is still a storyline here. It's one of the craziest recruitments of my lifetime. I've said that multiple times. But my question is this, and it's an angle that hasn't been covered a whole lot. Okay. Did Brent Venables know during his signing day press conference that Peyton Bowen had just picked Oregon? No. Because that. That decision happened in the middle of the Brent Venables press conference. Did he think that, okay, I'm going to go do this press conference, and when I get out of this thing, I'll find out that, yes, indeed, Peyton Bowen just picked OU. Like, I,
1: I, I just wonder if he knew in that moment what was going on. Now, I will say this. I will go to my grave convinced of this. The only person, the only other human being – that knew Peyton Bowen was pulling the trigger in favor of Oregon was his dad. Mom sh- didn't. Mom, mom, had, mom had, no like idea, had no idea, mom bro. No idea. Mom had no clue that was coming.
0: <laughs> Either that, or she's the greatest actress of all time, man. Yeah, and I'm
1: confident that she is not. Well, and, like,
0: and, and, and what we knew about how much she favored Notre Dame in that recruitment. That yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. I, I would be inclined to believe
1: that she didn't know that that was happening. It, it was like like the second he put down the Notre Dame hat and picked up the Oregon hat, she just straight up melted. I I, I, I firmly believe that mom had no idea what was going on. It sure on. looked like it.
0: Whether that was reality or not, it sure looked like that she had no idea again, like what this, just happened.
1: And there are going to be so many theories uh, that people come up with. Because Here's the thing. Regardless of what the truth is about Peyton Bowen's recruitment and that whole situation that unfolded over the 28 hours between his Oregon commitment and his signing with Oklahoma, like whatever the truth is, there will be some people that are just determined to not believe the truth because there, there always are. There are going to be some people that are like, well, no, this has to be the case for one reason or another. Um, here's, here's one theory. And if this, is, if this holds true, This would be an all-time chestnut checkers move by the kid. Obviously, Mom very much wanted him at Notre Dame. Yep. So, was the Oregon commitment simply a maneuver in order to get Mom to view Oklahoma as the lesser of two evils? Isn't that that Brandon Drum's theory a little bit? Hasn't he said something like that, that he thinks that that might be the case? I I can buy into that one a little bit. Well, just because, like, here's the thing. A- he picks up the Oregon hat. A couple things are immediately clear through the eyes of a mom, right? One, my kid's doing whatever he wants, right? Like, he's making this decision for himself. Um, and that was kind of – that was one thing that you drew from the Oregon pledge. But then also, like, to be Amy Bowen in that moment and realize, oh, shoot, not only is my kid not going to Notre Dame – but he's going to be 25 hours yeah. away instead of two. Oh, yeah. oh, no, we can't have this. Yeah, yeah,
0: and, and you know, it, like I mentioned Wednesday, how hostile the text line was, and, you know, it's 5.30. What, what time did he end up commit? Was it around noon or 11.30, 11 something like that? Yeah. yeah, so it's like five or six hours have passed, and he still hadn't signed his NIL deal, and some people are starting to point it out. But even during that time, Parker, it was – yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and get my hopes up about that one. For me, it wasn't until early the next morning where he still hadn't signed, and there was some real scuttle. Like, hey, he ain't going to Oregon. Like, that was the first time on Thursday morning where I said, "Oh my God, OU's like still squarely in this thing." But it just all, all of that makes it one of the crazy recruitments. I'll tell you what else makes it crazy, and this staff hasn't been here for very long, but we have not seen them react. In terms of recruiting, like, we saw that staff react with some of their tweets on Thursday. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. amazing. What Brent Venable sent out, like, a fourth of a uh, letter of intent sheet, that was crazy, man. Crazy. That was just the ultimate,
1: like, flex by Brent. That was elite use of Twitter. Because you realize the poker chip... You know what? Do you know what the poker chip yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. Just, just so everybody's on the same page here. The poker chip is what the kids use to indicate that they're committing to Oklahoma. Like the poker chip, that photo that you saw, that wasn't Brent Venable's thumb, that was Peyton Bowen's thumb. That was a picture that Peyton Bowen sent to Brent Venable's letting him know, I'm coming to Oklahoma. Let me read uh, one quick text before we hit a break.
0: Guys, has there been any update on Dylan Gabriel next year in light of Jeff Lebby's press conference yesterday? There hasn't been. Honestly, the next update, here's my guess. The next update you're going to hear, and it's going to be after the bowl game, I don't know how soon after the bowl game, but I-, I would guess it's you know pretty quickly after. The next update you hear is a graphic or an announcement, whatever, that Dylan Gabriel's coming back next yeah. year. That's and my guess. And he will be back. And I think that it's just all being geared towards a big announcement that he's coming back next year. And I think essentially my guess is that Jeff Levy was playing that game yesterday. Just trying to continue to try to build up the suspense. Yeah.
1: And I don't know why they're trying to build up suspense because I don't think anybody takes the threat of Dylan Gabriel leaving no. for wherever, I, seriously. I don't. But yeah. Wh-
0: Whatever they want to do. They're trying to play it up. Whatever. All right, one final time to get in with your questions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Back one final time on Locked In coming up next. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Real quick, let's get to as many uh, things as we can. Uh, Xavier Worthy, Texas wide receiver. He was asked today if he plans to be a Longhorn in 2023. His response was, uh, I'm just focused on Thursday's Alamo Bowl. That's all he said. So I don't know if he's positioning himself for more NIL dollars this offseason at Texas, but it's a very interesting comment. I did see the uh, Under Armour uh, All-American game roster, which is going to be played in Orlando on January 3rd. Jackson Arnold and Jaquase Petaway on Team Speed on the uh, t- same team. So that'll be fun to watch. Two former Sooners playing in the same All-American game.
1: Yeah. Who else is playing in that game? Are they the only two? Um, they're, th- whatever. I think Caden Green's playing in that team game. Team
0: Speed. Like whatever, The other team, I-, I didn't see any OU guys on that one, but I did see those two guys earlier today. Eric Gilbert's in the portal. We've had a couple texts today asking if OU's going to be interested in that. I just, I I would find it hard to believe. I mean, OU's got a tight end, uh, a portal tight end, and Eric Gilbert's played at like four or five schools already. I just,
1: I I don't think that that one's going to happen or that they're going to kick the tires on that one. Yeah, I wouldn't count on it. Uh, When you're talking about cultural fits, not saying Eric Gilbert's in the same class as a Jai Hall, because I don't <laughs> think anybody is, but, yeah, no, it's similar vibes.
0: Um, Cormonti McClain still uncommitted? Well, unsigned. <laughs> or unsigned, sorry, yeah. yeah. As far as I know. Hmm. It's supposed to happen day after signing day, two days after signing day, three days after signing day. He remains uncommitted. That could be – or unsigned,
1: sorry. That could be good news
0: for the Colorado Buffaloes. We shall see.
1: I would not count on that. You think – um, <laughs> I don't think there is enough money to get him to Colorado. Now, Uh. I think he is going to get paid a hefty sum wherever he ends up, and maybe this is just him driving up the price point for John Ruiz. Could be. But wherever he goes, whether that's Miami, whether that's Florida, whether that's Colorado – uh, he's going to make bank in the process.
0: 405, is Mims leaving? Why have we not gone after a receiver harder out of the portal? They've they've tried to go after receivers in the yep, portal. I have. don't doubt that one.
1: It just hasn't worked out, unfortunately, for them. I think Mims is coming back. I believe Marvin Mims will be back in an OU uniform in 2023. Now, that is not a certainty, but that is where things are trending currently. Good afternoon.
0: Do the Sooners have any other commitments from the transfer portal? Thanks. That's from Extreme Sooner. What
1: they have four currently committed or whatever out of the transfer portal? Uh, three. You got Stogner, you got Jacob Lacey, and you have Deshaun McCullough.
0: And also the guy from uh, Tech as well. Oh, I forget. Reggie yeah. Pearson. There you go. It, There's it, number four. Because it happened on Peyton Bowen Day. Yes, it did. Yes, Reggie At, Pearson. Uh,
1: yeah, that that news very quickly became insignificant, which is unfortunate because the kid's a good player. But, yeah, that dropped, and then three hours later, the Peyton Bowen news hit the wire, and nobody remembered.
0: Reggie anymore. Pearson has uh, quite the highlight tape from this past season. He's a good player, He man. hits very, very hard, as uh, Dylan Gabriel found out in the first play of overtime. Oh, that's right. He but was. he had other plays where it was like, dang, that was a nice hit, very nice hit. Uh, by the way, DJ Youngalele started the ACC championship game and got replaced. There you go. And so now it, it is Club Nix first start. He's going to be an Oregon State Beaver next year. They, they're going to have some very uh, noteworthy quarterbacks in that conference next year, right? Bo Nix is back. Yeah. DJ Youngalele, Caleb Williams, the reigning Hi- Heisman winner. Dante Moore. Dante, uh, yeah. I, they've, uh, they've got some very notable names in that conference. All right, the rush coming up next. Bob Stoops is going to join us at 320. Keep it locked right here on The Ref.